0: Back at it with another episode on today's show. I have Riley Parkinson, who is from Melbourne, Australia. Currently plays college basketball at Bethel College, but is looking to transfer. Not only does he play, but also has a huge following with his basketball training as well. What has the offseason been like for you, Riley? And how is it, you know, training with an NBA trainer? Uh, Right now, my offseason's been kind of hectic. Like, I went home. um, I was home for two weeks in those two weeks I was like training kids and you know just making a little bit of money on the side teaching them what I could teach them helping with fundamentals and all of that Um, so I was home for four weeks
1: and then two weeks after being home I got a call from Ryan Razuki the NBA trainer offering me a a spot to go and train with him Um, so two weeks later I was home for four weeks hopped on a plane went to San Diego and yeah been loving like training kids and like youth and then you know college guys and stuff like that this summer i think we're gonna get some nba guys you know some d1 basketball players and all
0: that kind of stuff so it's been really good so far nice how are you able to get connected with your nba trainer you know some trainers work out certain players but i just feel like uh you know your trainer that you're training with right now he wants to work out anybody that's willing to put the work in like yourself you know what i'm saying so how are you able to get connected with him honestly i just sent him a dm okay i literally just sent him a dm um i've spoken to him since and he said he doesn't really respond to a lot of dms and stuff like that but yeah like he put up a thing looking for people to come and work with him and i just replied back and we hopped on a call like 10 minutes later okay nice awesome uh what's most impressive is you're giving back to the youth with your you know personal tips on combo moves shooting techniques how did that all, you know, come about? How were you able to create your own platform and help the youth? Because um, I think that's amazing, man. Um, well, it all started when I was, like, training those kids when I was back home for a little bit. Like, I had no, you know, intentional
1: plan on this becoming what I'm doing right now. It's just all sort of spiraled into this, and I'm thankful and I'm happy for it. But, yeah, I just... I was training these kids and I thought like, I'm seeing all these trainers on YouTube and on Instagram, et cetera, like pressing these videos and breaking down moves that these kids that I'm teaching still don't know how to do. Right. So I thought, let me make my own videos. And then my first few followers and stuff were the kids I was training and then their parents and stuff. And I think at the moment it's good because the kids I was training back home now can still look at my videos and still work on their game without me actually being there for them. Australian basketball is a lot more physical. Um, I think even from an early age, because we've got, like, other sports, like Australian football, that makes kids more physical from the jump.
0: Yeah. So, you know, a small ticky-tack foul you're not going to get called for in Australia, whereas here they'll call every travel, every foul, every, you know, everything they can, which is, you know, it
1: is what it is. It's fine. Like, people can adjust to certain different playing styles. But I feel like Americans are much quicker, more athletic, um, It's more of an ISO type of play, like one-on-one to the rim. Um, You know, you go and play in Australia, and, you know, I guess it would be the same anywhere, like Europe and stuff like that. It's a lot of team basketball, you know, pass the rock five times before you're allowed to score and stuff like that. One of the best options or the best things about, like, Australian basketball, I find compared to American, is that we have options
2: after college. We can still play... At a higher level, when we're 30 or 40, without it being the NBA. Right. We have all these clubs and stuff you can play for, and it just gives guys an opportunity to still play. Right. And uh, are you, do you want to, I know it's early right now, and you're only about to be a sophomore, but are you looking to do that? Yeah,
0: I'm, lo- I'm looking to play professional. I know you're looking to transfer, and we already talked talked about that, but how was your experience at Bethel? What did you learn about yourself the most? And how were you able to grow as a person while you was there? Um, uh, my experience
1: with Beth was great. I loved it. Like I loved every second of it. I loved the friends that I made. You know, I feel like me growing as a person came from me moving by myself to the other side of the world. Yeah, it was the first time. It was a lot of firsts for me. So it was the first time on my plane by myself. Yeah. First time, you know, going to a new country, all of that kind of stuff. And I just had to really quickly adjust. And I feel like that was what helped me become a lot more independent. And I find, like, even now at this stage, I'm a lot more content and happy, like, just hanging out by myself or going on a long drive by myself or whatever. Like, I don't need no people around me to feel happy or safe or anything like that. I'm just cool being by
0: myself because I've had to adjust to that. Right. Absolutely. How was the transition like? Uh, moving from Australia to, to the United States you talk about how you know you're far away from your family you're far away from your friends you might experience cultural shock so like the hardest adjustment you had to make with yourself but I want you to elaborate on that a little bit more so the, so the listeners can
1: understand the experiences that you went through when you was making that transition at first like emotionally and stuff I was cool like I was ready I always wanted to go to you know, the united States
2: play basketball so like, I wasn't even thinking about back home for the first three, four months. Okay, like I was just having the best time of my life. But then it sort of takes a toll on you when everyone's going home for Thanksgiving, or everyone's going home for Christmas. Right, right. Where to go. So myself personally,
1: I wasn't meant to go home for Christmas, but everyone else was going home, and then I just got a little bit homesick around that time. So then I went home. I, I paid, you know, a little bit extra money to get home just because I felt like I needed that little reset before coming into the second semester Mm -hmm. but you know for the most part like it was a really easy transition for me I feel like because I had to adjust so quickly to being independent I
0: didn't need I didn't need to be home I didn't need to speak to my family every day I could just do me any mental challenges and adversity that you face you know if so how were you able to attack those challenges and overcome them there's always going to be mental challenges like going to college and then playing a sport in
1: college. Um, you know, you've got, you know, trying to make the starting spot or try and make the varsity team or what, what have you, you know. Everyone's got something they're trying to work for and it's all mental challenges. Like, you know, you'll have six assignments you've got to do plus you've got practice and weights and this, that. Like, it's really easy to get burnt out. So the mental challenge is just, you know, getting your own individual workouts in, getting a run in, getting an extra lift in or whatever to be able to create that separation from other guys. I feel like that's probably the biggest mental strain that you can have is um, it'd be really easy to get stuck in a routine
2: of just go to class, go back to your dorm, go to practice, go back to your dorm, sleep, eat, whatever. But you sort of need to
1: push yourself past those limits and... Put yourself in uncomfortable situations where you are working out, you know,
0: an extra two times a day on top of practice. So, speaking of mental challenges, what is mental health to you? What is your view on it, and how can we change the stigma in that sports industry? So mental health is a really big thing in the sports industry, and it's, I feel like it's bigger than a lot of people think. You know, a lot of people think that athletes are just, you know, super strong
2: physically, mentally, you know, emotionally, and they can get through anything, or that. They just play a sport and there's no emotions behind it. But mental health is a really big thing, man.
1: Like, you know, you'll notice, I, I see it every day, like, in the gym when I'm training kids. Like, if they've had a bad day at home or something's going on at home, it translates to the basketball court straight away.
0: Right. You can see it. So, I feel like just as
1: coaches or trainers, you know, any sort of role model in the basketball field really need to, like, take that extra step and just checking in with their players and checking in taking like you know even if it's college college or whatever and just taking you guys out to lunch or something it can get strenuous you know just going to practice some weights and all this
0: and you feel like there's no there's no break switch the topics a little bit any goals do you have for yourself for the upcoming season I know that you know you're going to have a little, little bit of change of scenery but wherever you end up at
1: um and I hope it's the best situation for you possible brother yeah i want to do everything i can this summer like this off season to experiment my game as much as possible i feel like i had a bunch of moves and you know counters and all that in my arsenal but then when it came to it in game time i was just going
0: with what was comfortable and that was shooting threes and i was making them and that was cool but
1: then that sort of just became my role and i adopted that role but that's for me that was settling and that wasn't what i wanted you know i would go i would go in a game and if i'm if i'm having a bad shooting game that was it for me but i knew like within myself i could do so much more absolutely i knew that i could be attacking the room i knew i i knew i could do it and i just set myself back because i accepted the role yeah and my goal is to just come out and show everyone what i can do rather than sit back
0: you know what I mean? Right. And was that one of the reasons why you wanted to transfer, Riley? Because they they try to marginalize your role on a team and what you could do? Was it that's just, like, you... Because you said, like, you only shot threes and you did a lot of combo combo moves during the offseason and you didn't do them in the game. And then when you shot threes and you wasn't making them, uh, was your coach wasn't playing you because uh, you was just shooting threes and you was just known to shoot threes and you wasn't making them and you was kind of like... Because if you're not shooting threes, um, then coach coaching staff might think you might be a liability in other key aspects. Was that the reason why? It seems like you have all the self-confidence in the world to improve your game in each key aspect uh, of basketball. You're not just a three-point shooter, like you just said. You can do all these things. But why were you not able to do them in the game? Why, why do you think that? Was it, a mental, was it a mental part that you couldn't get over? i think it was both i think when i first got to college i was i was holding like a ceiling on myself yeah where i was like all right i put college basketball like on a pedestal Mm -hmm. and i was
1: like thinking to myself all right well if i can just shoot threes and i can make threes then all right the coach will be happy and i'll be able to get some minutes right uh when i first got to college I think for myself personally, I put it kind of on a pedestal, like college basketball as a whole. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, damn, I wonder if these moves are going to work against, you know,
0: these high level of dudes. Right. So then, you know, I catch the ball, I, I shoot
1: that the first couple of weeks in practice and like it's going in. And then I remember we had like a sit down meeting with the team and coach was going over all our roles and stuff like that. And he pointed at me and he said, you're our shooter, you've got the green light. Um, I want you to shoot that ball every time you catch it and you're open. So I was like, all right, right. Man, that works for me. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, it gets to points where, like, I get, you know, a defensive rebound, or something, am to dribble it up the court. And I'm getting, you know, told by my teammates, I need to pass the ball, pass the ball, or whatever like that. Um, And then, you know, it just got to a point where it was just me sitting in the corner or, yeah, you know, sitting see, on the wings, waiting for a catch and shoot.
0: Nah, nah. See, I was I'm I'm going by what you're saying. I wasn't there, but I I just feel like as a coach, you got to get more out of your players. I mean, you don't want your players to be stagnant to the point where you're not doing nothing but sitting on the corner and shooting. How are you going to be able to establish a rhythm, Riley, if you're doing that? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not trying to bash the coaching staff, you know what I'm saying? And I wasn't there to see it. But based off what you're saying is you sat in the corner and they wanted you to shoot threes all game. That's not going to help develop your game. So I think it's hard for players to. I think it's more of like a mental toll with players. Players can be really good in practice, but they don't do the stuff that they do in the practice in the game. Sometimes it's a part of coaching, and other times it's just a part of the player taking the uh, you know accountability steps to to
2: overcome those problems and do what he's been doing in practice and translate it to the game.
0: Once you knew your ro- knew your role on the team were you at times looking over your shoulders every time somebody's at the scores table when you missed a couple threes so were, did you have that mental lapse of worrying about if if i do miss these couple of threes am i going to come out and not play um a little bit so you know when i
1: first got in there like the first couple games or whatever i was shooting it and i was happy like I was happy that I had the green light to shoot the ball because, you know, some players, uh, you know, in some teams or whatever, like, you know, it's a bad look if they shoot the ball or whatever. So I was always happy that I had that green light because I know that not every player gets that. And it's, you know, sometimes it's quite rare to get a green light from the coach to shoot the ball. I did feel like me trying other things like... The coach and the players or the teammates had like their go to guys for certain things. Right. So then I was just known as the go to guy for if you need a three pointer. And which is cool. But for me, I knew, and I'm not sure if my teammates knew or not, but that I could do a lot more. Right. Were you doing it? So you were doing it in
2: practice, though, right? I was doing about. 60
1: percent of what I could do because it was still the same situation. Like practice was really structured, where it's like Riley, you're sitting in the corner, you're
0: waiting for that catch and shoot off a like right. You know, drive, got three. That's where I come in. I'm I'm the one that get that three. Yeah. So if you well, try, I'm sorry to interrupt you. So if you tried to do your combo moves that you practice and try to attack the rim more, because teams scout. I mean, they're gonna know that you just shoot threes in the corner, so you're gonna have to switch it up and give them a pump fake and drive baseline. Or drive to the middle and kick it out. If you if you did that, does your coach like kind of cringe and look at you and like what are you doing? Like,
1: I don't, no, I don't think you would. But it was it was more of like, you know, okay Riley, you tried that. Now let's get some threes or whatever. And if it if it wasn't that, it wasn't like just not saying anything, which was, you know, it was cool. But it was like I feel like I'm so I feel like I'm capable of bringing the ball down the floor every single time. Mm-hmm. Like I can play point guard. Like I can. I can do all this, you know, but right now I'm being sent to the corner to wait for wait for the catch and shoot. Right. And I was really appreciative of my assistant coach. Um, towards the end of the season, he kept telling me, like, he, he was reminding me, because it got to a point where I was like, if I'm missing shots, what am I even doing on the floor here? Because I'm not doing anything else. Like, I'm just shooting the ball. But he was telling me, like, you know, he would rather me shoot and miss than not shoot at all. Right. you know, and he was always like, I'm running down the court and obviously I'm running straight to the corner or straight to the wing. And if I'm by my bench, like I hear him talking to me, like he's giving me like positive affirmations and stuff. So that was really good. Like I appreciate him for that. Um, but yeah, I just feel like my role was limited to what I, I am capable of. Right. And that's what I'm trying to get out of. I'm trying to not accept that role in the future. And, be you know the full version of myself and share my full game
0: my advice to you riley is wherever you end up at you gotta establish that um right away as soon as you get on campus you gotta establish that to the point where it's like the coach before the before the season even starts the coach knows that you can do this 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 and this so by time when you are doing it in the scrimmage in the games, he's not gonna have a problem with it because you've been doing that at a high level. So if you can bring down the ball, bring down the ball a couple couple times during open gym. Work on attacking the rim, stuff like that. And then when a the coach sees that, he's gonna be like, Oh, he can do more than just shoot threes. But you gotta and if you're not hitting shots, be a hound on defense to the point where if you're not scoring anything, if if you don't have any points, that, that means you, you can expand your role. You know what i'm saying then, then you can not feel marginalized with with the position that you're in as a player but thank you for answering those tough questions I, I was just really curious because you know i went through the same thing and i was put in one spot it was i felt like i was like on a tight leash because if i didn't do these two things i got put out the game where i could do like five six seven other good things you know what i'm saying yeah. um but before you graduate college What kind of effect did you want to have on your teammates? What legacy do you want to ultimately uh, leave behind? Um, I'm concerned about being, leaving, leaving every year being a better player than I was. Absolutely. having an impact on other
1: people because, you know, for me, I come from a a small town 40 minutes outside of Melbourne.
0: Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, but there's people from Melbourne that have made it to the NBA. I mean, you got like, Josh you know, Gutie, Ben Simmons, all right. those people. But, you know, I want to be that person that's
1: like, all right, the odds are against you. You're from a small town. You're not 6'10", and, you know, you went to an NAIA. Like, I'm trying to make that impact on people to let them know that they can do it as long as they work up. Right. So that's the kind of legacy that I want to leave behind. But for, like, every year, I, I just want to come back a better player. Absolutely. Like, I, I never want to return back home
2: being the same player Okay. Absolutely. Well, thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. And again, thank you for
0: for answering those hard questions. I was just really curious, man, because like some athletes, or especially basketball players, they don't reach their peak because of that stuff. And it's important to squeeze as much out of the basketball that you can before you hang it up. Want to look back, Riley, and have regrets later down in your life. Saying or to yourself, I wish I could have done this. I wish I could have done that. Because that's what I'm doing right now, and that's why I have this podcast. Because it takes away the pain and the regression when I talk to you like I am today. When I talk to other athletes, it makes up for that. You know what I'm saying? That's why I started this podcast too. And I had mental health challenges within myself with that because I feel like I didn't get all. I didn't squeeze. I I didn't squeeze all of it that I that I could. I feel like I left something in the tank, and my advice to you is don't don't be that guy because it, it's going to really sting. It's going to really sting later down the road. So I'm proud of you, man, and I'm going to continue to follow up on you. But thank you for reaching out to me, man, and wanting to get on. It was a pleasure and a blessing to have you on, Riley. okay? No, I appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me.